Stand with me for the reverence of reading the Word of God tonight, Acts chapter 2. I want to talk to you about the stirring that's happening in our nation. And uh, it's amazing because it's, a, it's an all-out, here's the word, it's an all-out outpouring. It's for whosoever's open, right? And uh, it's here, it's here in this room, it's in this ministry. And uh, I believe that we are on the cusp of, of even seeing it more. But I really felt led to talk to you tonight about a title that I'm going to entitle. Um, I want you to say this with me. Say, this is that. 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 Acts chapter 2 and 16. Peter on the day of Pentecost stands up and he says this. But this is that. I want to prophesy over you and say that there is a now generation that is rising up and they are saying, watch this, this is that. Watch this, watch this. That was was spoken to you by the apostle Peter. Peter was a forerunner of the message of Joel 2. My God. Now we are the forerunners of the message of Peter's Acts 2. This is that which was spoken by the Apostle Peter. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It says that it shall come to pass in the last days. What days? How many of you would agree that we seem to be in the last days? All right, all right, all right. Saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness. And the moon into blood before the great and noble day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we thank you tonight that this is that. God, what we've already experienced in this room, I point and I say, this is that. This is that. God, what we are experiencing as a nation, God, my heart is crying out and I'm saying, God, this is that. This is that. God, what I'm seeing in the universities, I'm saying this is that. What I'm seeing now in the high schools, I'm saying this is that. What I'm seeing now, God, in churches that have laid stagnant, I'm saying this is that, Lord. God, I'm thankful tonight that as we stand in this room, we can say this is that. This is that. This is that. This is that. God, don't allow us 
to miss this. God, help us to be sensitive to this. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, come Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to two people and tell them before you see to say, this is that. This is that. This is that. Hallelujah. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, um, my, in my life of, of ministry, the 14 years I've been in ministry, I started out as uh, in youth ministry, but then I went into an evangelist. But I found out that it, when I operated in the office of an evangelist, I'll tell you that my heart was more of a, that of a revivalist. I began to study a, a lot of the old moves of God, the, you know, the, the Azusas and the Cane Ridge revivals and the Brownsville revivals and, and, and the, the revival of Wales. And I was studying great men and uh, women of God that, uh, that God used mightily, the, the Catherine, Catherine Kuhlmans and the, 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 the Reinhard Bunkies that saw whole nations saved. And, and I, 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 studied, I studied up under their men. I bought their books. I read their books. Uh, and, and, and I just watched and seen God move in a mighty way. And my heart's cry has been for years, God, do it. Do it again, God. Will you not revive us again? Will your presence not overcome again? And so then when I began to see things that was happening at Asbury University, which then spread uh, to some 21 different universities within two weeks, and now has exceeded beyond that. Now it's showing up in the high schools. This is all documented. What I'm telling you, revival is broken out in high schools, it's broken out in public schools, and it's broken down the barriers. You know, I laugh. I've always laughed. People say, we need to get God back in our schools. God has always been in our schools. He's just been waiting for someone to make room for him. Amen? You can't kick him out. Just like you can't vote him out. You can't kick him out. But I want to share some things with you, because a lot of people are throwing around the words of revival, and so I really want to talk to you uh, and teach to you tonight on really what is revival. Uh, it, it, revival is something that is defined as literally to bring back to life, to live again. And I want you to know, here's the sad part, there's been a, a consistent prophetic unction over the church of Jesus Christ. You know what that prophetic unction is? Dead. I don't want to go to that church no more. It's dead. I don't know about the preaching. It's just dead. The worship seems dead. There's been dead, 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 dead pronounced over the church. And while I'm not saying it's true, I am going to also say we've got to be careful of what we say. But I'm telling you, there now what I'm starting to hear is I'm starting to hear people that are making utterances of moves of God. Man, there's a vibrancy. Oh, there's fresh vision coming back in the ministry. Man, we have the glory of God settled in the sanctuary. And I'm saying it's across the, across the land and schools and churches that will make room for Jesus. But that, that word literally means to live again. It means to receive again a life which is almost expired. It means to rekindle into a flame the vital spark which was nearly extinguished. It means to bring back that which was lost. It means to restore. It means to bring back to life what is dead. 
And I believe that God is reviving his church. Now catch this, in America and globally. I believe that we, a lot of people have said, you know, this is an America's awakening. I even prophetically, I preached a message, I pulled some of the notes tonight that I'm speaking to you out of. I pulled some of those notes over into this message, and especially a prophetic word that the Lord gave me, I'm going to share with you in a minute. But it was Awakening America. That was the title of the message. But I want you to know that this thing so supersedes even America. Uganda right now is in a massive outpouring of the Spirit of God. Pastor Devon is getting ready to go there next week. Come on. But they're in a, they're in a massive move of God. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening all over. It's happening all over. And this is the reason why. I'll tell you why. Because we're in the last days. Because we're in the last days. That he said that the prerequisite for the outpour is this. It has to be the last days. It's the third great awakening. It's the last days outpouring. It is the final come home call. It is the last ringing of the bell. It is Jesus saying, come all you who will. Come as many of you that will receive me. Come whosoever will. Let them come. It is a last ditch effort for the kingdom of God to see the mighty harvest. But I want you to know that this last day's outpouring, the harvest will be greater than any barn can contain. The harvest will be larger than any preacher can preach. There's not altars big enough to contain the souls that are coming home. He's going to send them by the droves. You thought it was amazing to see men and women run to Billy Graham. I came to tell you tonight they're going to be running to the altar and churches all over the world. Mm. Hallelujah. Hosea 6, and the Lord began to show me something that I want to share with you. It's a, an insight, if you will. He says in Hosea 6 and 1, he says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. And after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us. That, my God. Mm. I just saw something there that I've never seen before. We've been prophesying, great, great men and women of God have been prophesying three awakenings. Watch this. Watch this. He says, after two days, after the second awakening, he will arrive us. And on the third time, on the third day, he will restore us. My God, I prophesy to you that the third awakening is a restoration awakening. It's an awakening that the Deutimos comes back to the church. It's an awakening. My God, it was the healing miracles in one. Come on, somebody. It was the faith in the other. But this is going to be a restoration revival. It'll be people walking in dominion and authority. We will say and see it. Hallelujah. Woo, my God, I just saw that. Hallelujah. Mm. He will restore us. We may, watch this, watch this, watch this, that we may live in his presence. Can I tell you something? The church was never designed to pass through his presence. You were created to live there. Y'all know them sour-sucking, lemon Christians? You can't live there all the time. You got to come out. That's a lie from hell. I can too live there because my Bible said I can. That's the problem now is we got enough Christians that ain't living in the presence. My God, come on, somebody. 
We got to live there. Watch. He said, he said and you'll, you'll live there. That they, they, they may live in his presence. Watch us. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And as surely as the sun rises, he will appear. And he will come to us like the winter rains and like the spring rains that water the earth. How's he coming? He's coming like the rains, the latter rain. The greater rain. Hallelujah. And watch this. He's going to saturate the earth. And the whole earth shall be full of his glory. Hallelujah. It don't matter where you go. It don't matter how you get there. But I'm going to tell you before you ever get there, the glory's already going to be there. It's going to be in our schools. It's going to be in our government. It's going to be in our churches. It's going to be on our jobs. The glory of God is returning. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. There's three things that I want to share with you, the first thing that you need to understand, that any true move of God, any true move of God, I shared, shared this with some people this morning, any true move of God, the first thing that you need to understand is it will always be prayer bread. It will be prayer bread. Bread, right? A breeding of your prayers through intimacy with the Father, that true moves of God come through prayer bread. No real revival has ever happened absent of two things. No real revival has ever happened in the absence of prayer and in the absence of repentance. Where there is true moves of God, there will always be a hunger for prayer and there will be a hunger for repentance. There will be a hunger for people to cry aloud and spare not and make sure that they are wholeheartedly and wholly right with the Lord. But it's going to come through their intimacy of prayer with the Father. So whenever you begin to sense a cultivating and a hunger of prayer, there is a hunger of prayer. Even in this room, prayer is growing. Hunger of prayer is growing. People are wanting to pray. Why? Because we are in a, 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 we are in a, a natural move of God. But the first thing is, is that it will be prayer bread. The second thing, in any true move of God, it will be word fed. You won't have a move of God absent of his word. What do you mean, preacher? Well, the Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. Watch. Where is God performing? He is performing at the proclamation of his word. Wherever his word is, that's where God is performing. He is, and when I say performing, I'm not saying performance. I'm saying he is executing. He is carrying out. He is making happen. So the second thing that we need to understand is that any move of God will be word-fed. When the move of God begins to happen, you'll be able to look in your Bible and find things that are just like it. The Word of God, line upon line and precept upon precept, it will back up. You know, I think it's hilarious. I'm just going to say it. I think it's hilarious that, you know, some outlandish Pharisees decided to speak against, you know, things like the Asbury Revival, and they're like, it's just not biblical. Would you shut your ever-loving mind? They are praying and they are worshiping. Let me look in my Bible. Okay, they were all gathered in one accord praying. What the Pentecostal church has grabbed as the greatest outpouring, guess what they were doing? Praying. Wasn't nobody preaching. Oh, y'all don't want to talk about it. Wasn't a preacher in the building, but they were praying and seeking the Lord. And now the Pentecostal church grabbed a hold of it and called it the great outpouring. Mm. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to say this because I've got to get this off my chest. i got a microphone, so I'm going to say it. You know what ticks me off? It wasn't a bunch of Gen Z's down in the bar still, still snorting lines of cocaine and weren't bumping heroin and weren't, 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 weren't out sleeping around and having orgies. 
They were seeking the face of God. They were hungry for God. They were in church for 145 hours, and then people want to show up and criticize them. My God, don't you dare talk crap about that generation doing drugs when they come to God and you want to run them off. That's the problem with the church is religious folk. Those are the people I want to take my shoe off and beat them in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I know, Chris, I know the Lord wasn't in that. I'm sorry. Pray for me. He said, he said, word fed. I don't see in the Bible where. I know, brother, that was me. But I'm serious. It makes me mad. we got a whole generation everyone's talking about. They can't get off their phones. They set their phones down for 150 hours, and the church shows up to crucify them. Oh, y'all don't want to talk about it. The third thing, the third thing, it's prayer bread, it's word fed. The third thing is it's spirit led. What does this last day's outpouring look like? I'll tell you, and I'll tell you this, that formality has to be forfeited. To truly walk in the movement of the breath of God and the spirit of God, the spirit of God has to be in charge. Man does not get to be in charge in this outpouring. Man does not get to manipulate. Man does not get to orchestrate. Man can facilitate, but he has to facilitate his plans loosely with the agenda of the Holy Ghost at the highest regard. I don't think God despises our plans, but I know my Bible says he laughs at them. So... Every time I create a service, I, I, I'll create a service with, a, with a, a structure, an order, because I believe that everything must be done decently in order. But I want you to know that there is a higher order than any order that's published. There is a higher authority than any authority that can physically be seen in this house right now. And that authority is that of the Spirit of God, that when He shows up, our agendas have to be set aside. We don't get to just sing two songs in a spirit-led church. Sometimes we got to sing six or seven. We don't just get to preach three-point sermons in a spirit-led movement. Sometimes a preacher may have to preach for two hours, and sometimes he may not preach at all. My God. Psalms 119 and 37 says, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. What does real revival look like? Real revival looks like you quit looking at everything you shouldn't be looking at and you start looking at him again. How do you know that you're in a real move of God? Your eyes will be turned away from worthless things. Listen to me. When you're in the midst of a move of God, all of a sudden the promotion don't seem as appealing. All of a sudden, the job you went to school for, you get in a move of God, you're like, bro, all I want is a schedule that I can be, I can be in the move of God every night. If I got to work second shift, you can have it because I ain't missing this. Oh, come on, somebody. What does this move of God look like? This move of God looks like something that's prayer bred, word fed, and spirit led. Our eyes are on Him. I want to give you something tonight. I shared this in Darlington, but I really felt compelled to bring it here and share it with y'all. I really felt like the Lord began to give me a revelation. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm some 
you know, great revelator in regards to that I have a revelation that's never been given before by any means. Ecclesiastes 3 tells me there's nothing new under the sun. But I do believe that when I was in the Word that God began to highlight something to me. And, and by faith, I spoke the revelation out on a Wednesday night in Darlington. And then within days, what I said started to come to pass. And I went back and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this really, maybe this really is something. And, and hear me out. I'm not by any means saying that there is a remedy. But uh, as I was reading this scripture, I said, okay, maybe it, it, there's more there than what it's just saying. Amen. How many of y'all know that the word of God is multidimensional? Amen. Right? You can read it and it say what it say. And it says that. But then you can have interpretation of the spirit and you can see something beyond that. And then you can do name studies and find something beyond that. And then you can do Hebrew and Greek root studies and you can find something beyond that. And then you can hermeneutically see that this line connects with this line. So now it confirms something beyond that. It's multidimensional. The word of God is. And so as I was reading this in Joel chapter 2, I really felt like the Lord was showing me not just the last days outpouring but maybe what if God is not just saying what will happen, but he's also showing us how it will happen. Watch Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. We're going to go back to what Peter referenced when he said this is that. What was that? Here it is. Here is that. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Watch this. I'm going I'm to I'm highlight words. I'm going to say them multiple times. Those are the words that you can write down. On all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. And then he said, your sons and daughters. Somebody say sons and daughters. Will prophesy and your older men, your old men. Somebody say old men. Shall dream dreams and say the word dreams. Now he says young men. Say young men. Visions. Say the word visions. All right, go on to the next. And he said, on your men servants and on your maid servants. You can write that word down. Put down servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Next verse. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, and then shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming and great and awesome day of the Lord. Right here. And it shall come to pass that whoever, write down the word whoever, Calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. Somebody say the word deliverance. Watch this. And the Lord has said among the remnant, say the word remnant, who the Lord calls. All right, if you're taking notes, you should have these words written down. All flesh, sons and daughters, old, uh, olders or elders, young you should have servants, whosoever, deliverance, and remnant. And this is what I, I want to pronounce over you, that it has begun. It has begun. I believe that what we're seeing right now in this last day's outpouring is in the exact accordance. What if, what if when Joel prophesied, he wasn't just prophesying what was going to happen, but he was prophesying it how it would happen. What if, what if it is beyond just what the words say, but what if this is the formula of the last outpouring of the Spirit of God? What if this is the last day's outpouring, and beyond just the outpouring, it's really going to happen how Joel said it? Well, what do you mean, preacher? I'm saying this. That I believe first and foremost that what we need to understand about the last, out day, last day's outpouring is this. That it is an all flesh outpouring. What does that mean? That means everyone. Watch. Here we go. Get ready. 
I believe the Spirit of God is about ready to be poured out on your bar rooms and your ballrooms. I believe it's going to get poured out in your, in your mail rooms. I believe it's going to get poured out in your school rooms. I believe it's getting poured out on people with purple hair. I believe it's going to get poured out on people that have, have the rainbow flag with LGBTQTZ uh, agendas. He's going to start pouring his Spirit out on them. Why? Because no man comes unless the Spirit draws him. He's going to go into the homosexual. Well, this, this is where the religious crowd going to, I'm telling you, this is where they're going to get mad. He's going to go into the, the homosexual community and he's going to get to pour out his spirit on them. And they're going to be talking in tongues and prophesying. And they're going to be, my gosh, you better hear me. And all of a sudden they're going to say, but they're homosexuals. No, they were homosexuals, but the spirit of God set them free. Y'all don't think the church got a problem with that. Why do y'all still call him blind Bartimaeus? He ain't blind no more. He's Bartimaeus, y'all. Well, blind Bartimaeus. No, because we identify people for, from their condition and their position of B.C., before Christ. That's the problem with the church. But I'm telling you, I'm prophesying you that this all flesh outpouring is coming. It's coming on all flesh. Woo! If he used a donkey and he used a chicken, he'll use a homosexual. Oh my God, y'all ain't ready for this. <laughs> the second thing, so the first thing that I want you to understand that, that the, the prerequisite before the outpour is that everyone needs to understand it's for all flesh. In other words, he said, I'm not coming to be discriminate. When my spirit begins to pour, I can't help who it gets on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all stand in heaven and pour out, a, 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 you know, thousands of gallons of water and then tell me that you're sending it only to certain ones. Nah, he said, this last day I'll pour it. I'm opening the windows of heaven. I'm pouring out my spirit and whoever it hits and whoever it gets on, if they'll receive me, I'll, I'll use them. I'll be with them. All right, here's the thing. I got to hurry, hurry. The first identifier of the everyone is this. He said, your sons and daughters. He said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I want you to know that I believe that the last out days outpouring is coming to the younger first. Why? Because a lot of the older generation, and when I say this, I'm not saying gray-headed. I'm talking about people that have been, people, people say this all the time. I've been in the way for 50 years. And they're talking about being in the way with the Lord. And I'm saying, no, you've been in the way of the Lord. But I want you to know that I believe that the last outpour is coming to the younger first. Why? Because he's going to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Watch, watch. I'm going to prove to you biblically what I'm preaching. When Jesus came the first time, when, he came in, when God came in natural form, watch this. He came in a way that religion could not receive him. So much so, they rejected him, they despised him, they betrayed him, and they crucified him. Watch this. The Bible says that he came and he taught, and the older scribes marveled at the wisdom and the stature of the young boy, that they could not believe in what authority he spake. Why? Because the Spirit of God was upon him. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. The, see, the anointing was on him. Religion couldn't receive him. I'm prophesying to you and telling you that do not, do not get discouraged when you see a younger generation arising and they begin to speak with such authority that you marvel. And it's the fact because God has chosen them. Watch, the, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch, watch, I got to tell you this. 
it, it, watch this. It says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Then what happens? I'll tell you what happens. I believe that the older, right? Go to the next verse. It says that, uh, that in the last days, apart your spirit, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams again. Why? Because I believe what's going to happen is I believe that there's an older generation that they're going to start to see God move on the younger generation. And they're going to get hungry again. And they're going to say, I want that again. I'm prophesying that there's ministries that once had the movement of God, that they're going to see it again on younger ministries and ministers, and they're going to say, I want that again. And guess what's going to happen? God's going to begin to visit them. They're going to begin to have dreams again. Their babies are going to start to leap again. Things that that, that they thought had passed them by. God said that in this last day's outpour, uh, it ain't just going to be the young running with this thing. I'm bringing the older in with it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. i got to share this with you. Uh, on the resurrection morning, uh, Peter and John, they, they uh, received the word from, from, from evangelist Mary. That she's the, she's, the, she's the preacher of the resurrection morning for all you people who think women can't preach. She, she's the one that carried the revelation of the resurrection. Uh, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And um, No, don't smoke. You'll go to hell with that. Um, anyways... She comes back preaching the message of Jesus' resurrection. And watch this, watch this, watch this. She shares the revelation with Peter and John. And the Bible said that John gets up and begins to run. And as he runs, he begins to run. And Peter, who runs with him, he outruns Peter. And he gets to the tomb. And the Bible says that when John got to the tomb, stooping down, looking in, he saw the linens folded. And, and, but it says this, very key part, that he waited there for Peter to arrive. We find out that biblically Peter would have been the oldest of the disciples because he was the only one that was able to pay temple tax. So if he was the only one, that means that he would have definitely been above the age of 21. And and so we know that Peter is the older and we know that John is the youngest. Watch this. Zeal outran wisdom. But when zeal got to the revelation of the resurrection, he didn't know what to do with it. So he had to wait for wisdom to catch up. I came to talk to somebody tonight and tell them, don't you get discouraged when you see the young generation take off running. Because they're only going to get so far that they're going to need some pops in their life to tell them, hey son, this is how you go in. My God, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. That's what this outpour is going to be. God's going to send the younger out first. They're going to start running. But then the older ones are coming behind them with dreams and insight and wisdom. And they're going to tell the younger ones how to run with it. What happens next? What happens next? What happens next? He says, and then the young. You'll see vision. What does that speak of? speaks of fresh strategy. God's not pouring out his spirit on the young generation for them all to jump around, huck and buck and talk in tongues all the time. Let me tell you something. That's great. But that ain't why he's coming. He's coming, and when he pours out his spirit, his spirit is coming with strategy. There is a young generation that's going to arise, and they're going to know how to overthrow the kingdom of darkness unlike any generation before us. Mm. Well, y'all give credit to, to all the technology and, and all. I'm telling you, this young generation that's rising up, they are not just going to be stewards of the word. They are going to know the strategies of the enemy, and they are going to know how to infiltrate it like Trojan horses for the glory of God. They're going to come in. They're going to take back things like YouTube. They're going to take back things like Facebook. They're going to go in with fresh strategy. Mm, my God. 
Then what happens? Watch this. Watch, watch, watch. And I'm telling you, what I've, what I, so as far as I've gotten right there, that's as far as I've already seen. I've already seen that begin to happen. I prophesied this word, and within days it started to come to pass. I got word. The Asbury spread. It was spreading like wildfire, university after university. And then the, I got this word, that the elders were gathering in Asbury. Watch. They had to shut down the Asbury revival. To who? Anybody above the age of 25. Why? Because the elders were coming, and they wanted to come. Cleddy Keith, a, a, a man of God that me and Pops both know, swell in his 70s. A, a picture of him went viral. He's holding on to the altar at Asbury and he's weeping because he had longed to see this. And I just, and when, I, when I heard that, there was a testimony that went out. The elderly were showing up and they were weeping because they were praying and they were crying and saying, we've been praying for this. And now all of a sudden I watched this, the word, it began to jump from the younger onto the older. And now the older are starting to, starting to get that hunger. They're starting to get that, 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 that dream is coming back alive again. And now I'm hearing things. It's happening right now. Right now, there's a young generation that has taken the Rupp Arena in Kentucky. 20,000 person arena. A young generation. When I say young, I'm talking below the age of 35. They have rented it out and they said, Asbury Revival is not over. They said, if you want a move of God, you meet us here. But it's 25 and younger. From the age of 11 to 25, you're in line first. Catch this. God does not, I'm telling you, y'all got time for this tonight? Y'all got time for this? God does nothing by accident nor coincidence. There is a sign on the side of the Rupp Arena. Watch this. The sign, uh, the Rupp Arena is where Kentucky plays basketball. And it has been known, it's gotten the name of the, called the Temple of Kentucky. That's what they call it. You can't make this stuff up. Watch this, watch this, watch this. It's called the Rupp Arena. And in big words painted on the side of the arena, it says these words, a positive interruption. It was already there. A pot. What was Asbury? It was a positive interruption. God stepped in and said, I'm going to show you. Mm. Hell was poured out on the Sunday before with a, in, the, in, in the Grammys or whatever, you know, whatever that was, the Emmys, I don't know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, the Illuminati. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. But it was right after that that the Asbury Revival breaks out, and now there's a divine interruption, a positive interruption. All right, now watch. Here's, i got to hurry. i got to hurry. So then the next thing that we find is he says, and I'll pour out my spirit on your men servants and on your maid servants. And God began to show me. He said, what's happening is when you see it amongst the younger, and it jumps to the older, and then you watch tragedies, tragedies begin to be revealed. He said, get ready. He said, because it's coming to the workforce next. I have not fully yet seen this, but I'm telling you, I, I would be as bold to say that I would not be surprised if you're on social media this week and you do not begin to read articles about how the Holy Ghost is showing up at workplaces. I'm telling you, get ready, get ready, get ready. My God, I feel that. He says, I'm pouring it out, watch, and it's going to be a sign. What is it a sign? It's a sign of the last day's outpour. When it starts showing up at the workforce, why is it going to show up at the workforce? I'll tell you why. Because it went into the colleges. It went into the schools. It went amongst the, the younger generation. Then it jumped over on the older generation. Then the younger generation comes back in with strategy and with dreams and with wisdom. And now all of a sudden, you got a lot of people talking about what God's doing. And, and here's the problem. they got jobs to go to. So the conversation don't cease. And when they show up at their job and they start talking about it, all of a sudden, the God they're 
you're talking about shows up and all of a sudden you walk into your job and there's prayer meetings taking place. There's people walking around with the Spirit of God dripping off of them. Hey, my God. Mm. And then, and then this, and then this. Brooke, come on, come on, come on. And then he says, and whosoever. Why, why, why all the outpouring? Why? Why, God? Why pour out your spirit? Why do this? I'll tell you why. Because our land and the nations are like a dry sponge. They were created to contain something, and it's absent. And so God begins to pour out, and when he begins to pour out, guess what? Guess what a dry sponge does? At first, it don't know how to receive it, and it begins to reject it, but as long as it keeps pouring, all of a sudden it begins to condition that sponge, and that which is hard begins to get soft. And when it gets soft, it gets saturated. Why? Why, God? Why pour out your spirit? I'll tell you why. Because it said, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There'll be people in schools, in retirement homes, around business tables, and they're going to be getting saved. They're going to be getting saved left and right. Salvation, it's just going to be, it's just going to be incredible. We're not going to hear, you know, we, we had seven, seven people saved in this morning service, one rededication. And yeah, praise God, that's awesome. But I'm talking about going to factories. I'm telling you, whoo, hey. And I'm talking about hundreds of men simultaneously being saved because the Spirit of God begins to move through a factory. I'm talking about the glory of God that sat down in Asbury University. What happens when it shows up to a textile plant? What happens when it shows up to a factory full of men that are there and they thought they were there for a job, but somebody came encountered with the power and the presence of God and they came in there dripping on the anointing. The Spirit of God was on them and all of a sudden they started praying at their machine and their prayers started to overflow and men began to weep. I'm telling you, it's not coming, it's here and the ground is right and the river is moving and the water is flowing. Whosoever will. He says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord and they'll be saved. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You know, it's amazing. I talked before service with some of y'all. The Jesus Revolution movie that's out. Like, you can't make this stuff up. It's a movie about what's happening right now, about a younger generation that the world has rejected, but yet they begin to make way. Uh, a ministry begins to make way, and God begins to use mightily, and, and, and it goes on to flow into a whole movement that, that eventually becomes something known as the Jesus people, and, 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 and there's a whole generation that's ushered into the presence of God. You can't make it up. That movie was released this week. But watch, 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 watch. What happens? He says, in the last days, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then what does he say? What's the other word you got written down? What's the next word you got written down? Y'all didn't write it down. What is it? Say it again for the people in the back. What's going to happen? Watch, watch this. He says, and then whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's what you need to know. Deliverance is the children's bread. When they get saved, God said, I'm going to raise up ministries of deliverance. Because when they get saved, there's going to be some mess that they're going to have to work through. And deliverance is going to get common in the house of God. People ain't going to just be saved. They're going to be free.
March 13th, I believe, is a mark in the United States for about the time that we're going to begin to see the shift. I believe from now until March 13th, you're going to see a lot of this happen. Workplaces outpouring, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. There'll be articles that testify of it. You're going to start hearing about people getting saved, a lot of people getting saved. But March 13th, there's another movie coming out. And it's a movie by the name of Come Out in Jesus' Name. Pastor Greg Locke, whether you like him or not, he's been called one of the most controversial pastors. Me personally, I know Pastor Greg Locke personally. I just texted him two weeks ago and talked to him. So don't talk junk to, about him to me because I promise you I'll, I'll defend him. He's a Baptist pastor who had a radical encounter with the Holy Ghost and he ain't backing up. We need more preachers like him. But him and Apostle Alexander Pagani, Isaiah Salvador, and many other ministries, some locally even here in South Carolina, he led, began to lead a deliverance conference. And they, anyways, they got together and they did a movie called Come Out in Jesus' Name. And it's a documentary about deliverance. And his whole heart is to remove the spookiness and the wackiness that has surrounded the deliverance ministry. This is the day of deliverance. If there is one ministry that is lacking in the house of God, I'll tell you personally, I've been through deliverance four times personally myself within the last couple years. Why? Because I walked through some junk, and I refuse to allow junk to stay on me. My God, I got a whole word on that, but we ain't going to talk about that. Mm. Here, I'll share a little bit of it with you. Satan is cursed, and he's told, he said, on your belly you'll crawl. And what did he say? He said, you'll eat the dust of the earth. You come, and you would walk into a house, and they would wash your, why? Because there was dust on it. Whenever you're traveling for the Lord, you are sure to get dusty. But here's the problem. What does the serpent eat? You can be saved and need deliverance. I said, you can be saved and need deliverance. What happens next, though? So I believe that that movie, I believe we're going to really start to see. I I really believe that movie, just like Jesus' Revolution, it's happening right now, it's stirring, and it's amazing to me how they're spaced out. But watch this. I believe that deliverance movie, you're going to watch a whole new wave of people saying, man, I need deliverance. And they're going to start saying it like, I need deliverance. And it's not going to be anything weird. Like, you know, I've, I've done deliverance with people and like, and they've asked me, what if I start levitating? And I'm like, bro, you've watched too many movies. Not saying that won't happen. Not saying that can't happen. But that's not what, that's not all deliverance is. We got to get the fruit loop out of deliverance. But I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you tonight. I'm prophesying to you. And when we see a whosoever salvation, they're going to come. They're going to be messy, and they're going to need those that are trained and equipped in deliverance. There's going to be ministries that won't make deliverance fruit loopy. But they'll walk in freedom, and they'll treat people in freedom, and they'll take them into freedom. And the last thing, you ready? And this is it. I'm done. This last day's outpouring, there's one condition. Go to the very last verse, Trey, if you're with me. And it says, and as the Lord said, among the remnant. It will be for anybody, but it's not going to be for everybody. Stand with me all over the house. This is all I'm saying. God, count me in the remnant. God, it doesn't need to be a multitude, but I want to be in it. 
God, in this last day's outpouring, I don't care if I'm at the end of the line. My God, just let me be in the line. God, I don't got to be in charge. I ain't got to run nothing. I just want to know that I'm in it. What is this last day's outpouring? It is a remnant. It's going to be for a group of people that unconditionally give God their yes. And it's those people that God said, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to use you like John the Baptist. I'm going to use you like Moses. I'm going to use you like Elijah. I'm going to use you like Jonas. I'm going to use you like Ruth. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. Whoever that little remnant is, whoever says yes, God, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I don't need to be with the multitude. I just need to be with the master. I don't need to be with the crowd. I just want to be with the crowd. <laughs> Listen to me. If you feel like you're a part of that outpour, if you feel like this is you, this message that I shared with you tonight, I hear it. I feel it in the spirit. Some of you are saying, you're not just saying this is that. You're saying it is me. What this preacher is talking about tonight, it is me. It is me. It is me. I am he. I am her. I am the son. I am the daughter. I am the old man. I am. That's me. My God, I feel the glory. This is what I'll ask you to do. I had no idea how this was going to end, but we're going to end it this way. Brooke, you can sing whatever you want to sing. But I'm going to ask you this. You can turn around. You can kneel. You can pray. You can lay prostrate on your face. Or you can just stand there and worship. This is what I want your prayer to be. Lord, count me in. (laughs) Lord, count me in. Count me in, God, on this last day's outpour. Whatever I got to walk away from, whoever I got to walk away from, Lord, whatever I got to turn away from to go after you, God, count me in. God, whatever I got to give up, whatever I got to lay aside, count me in, God. Whatever it costs, whatever it looks like, God, count me in. Count me in, God. Count me in. I'm all in, God. I'm all in. I come too far to say no now. Count me in. Count me in. Let's go.